0: Well, good, good evening, uh, First Norfolk family. Thank you for joining with us as we continue our journey through the study of the Psalms. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn to Psalm 57 uh, and invite you to uh, begin looking there. While you're turning there, remind you that as a church, we are committed uh, to fulfill the mission that God has given us, that we are ordinary people just uh, navigating life's journey together. Uh, and uh, part of that navigation is making sure that we do all that God has commanded us to do, that we um, treasure God's Word as as uh, the rule of, and, and the, the plumb line for life and faith, and, and, and that mission that God has given us is part of that plumb line. The mission that He's given us is to make disciples of all people. It is to uh, give all that we are as a church, all that we are, all that we are as a church to uh, bring those who are far from God into a relationship with God, bring them near uh, through faith in Jesus Christ, and then to help them Uh, as we have benefited, help them grow up in that relationship with God so that they in turn uh, embark upon the mission of helping those who are far from God find life through faith in Christ. Uh, This is our commitment. This is our journey. So the question then comes, how are you and I fulfilling that commitment? How are we uh, walking along life's journey that way? Uh, if you remember on Sunday when I was preaching First John chapter one verses five through chapter two, verse two. Uh, we talked about the, the power of forgiveness. Now, the power of forgiveness applies to us as followers of Jesus because we know that we do sin. And that sin uh, can dampen the mission that God has given us. It it, it can uh, cause a conflict in our lives where we're more concerned about ourselves than what God has given us to do. So uh, I want to remind you again that there is power in repentance. And repentance is when we come to God and we say, God, in this way, one, two, three, four, five, I have sinned against you. Will you forgive my sin? And we have confidence that Jesus is our advocate even now. He is our advocate to apply his rescuing love, his sacrificial death on the cross and his resurrection from that, apply that forgiving love to our sin today so that we walk in intimacy with God Again, don't let sin get the upper hand in you as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's important because uh, only as we live in that lifestyle of repentance can we also live faithfully in that lifestyle of mission. Um, uh, As we gather together tonight and, and every time we gather together, as we have done for over 200 years as a family of faith uh, we give our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. So I want to encourage you to consider how that you are giving to the cause of Christ, giving out of dependence, devotion, and delight in God. How are you giving your tithes and offerings? Are you being faithful? Are you being obedient to what God has asked you to do? Um, as we are obedient in giving our tithes and offerings to the Lord, uh, we discover uh, God greatly uh, honoring us and blessing us. It doesn't, give us, uh, doesn't mean that He gives us a mansion on the hill, but it does mean He gives us contentment in this life, satisfaction, even in the details of of our finances. So I want to encourage you to give. You can give online, you can give using the mobile app, or you can mail in your tithe and offering to the Lord as an act of worship to Him. Now, let's go to Psalm 57. When I was just starting out as a young uh, preacher, uh, my dad came to me and he said, Eric, uh, leadership is, uh, the leader is the one who is uh, uh, who has a steady hand and a steady heart, even when uh, the world is losing their head and living in a shaky heart? Uh, the leader is the one who, with calm confidence and in co- uh, uh, calm confidence and as a pastor, confidence in God, can press forward uh, with a, a steady heart, even when the world is losing their heads. Well, Psalm 57 kind of speaks to that. The setting of Psalm 57, you remember last week, Psalm uh, 56, we looked at First uh, Samuel 21 verses 10 through 15 and that's where David was running from Saul and, and he was finding uh, a temporary respite in the hands of the Philistines, the king of Gath. And uh, he acted like a crazy person in order not to be killed by the Philistines because he had been such a warrior and an enemy to them. Uh, But at the end of of, of 1 Samuel 21, we see that David leaves Gath. Uh, 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2, it says that David went and hid from Saul in a cave in uh, a place called Adullam. And that's. probably, uh, according to the title of Psalm 57, that, that probably is the setting for this psalm. So imagine the picture. David, uh, who had done no wrong to Saul, is now chased again. And Saul is seeking to kill him, and, and everything in his life had become unstable. Uh, All the security that he had had before, even as a little shepherd boy, boy, he had the security of Jesse, his father's home. But now he was restless. He was unrooted. Uh, He was hiding. He was running. He was being chased. Every day he woke up to fear. Uh, His world was shaky. Uh, In Psalm 57, we discover how David navigated his life's journey to find a steady heart in, an unshaky, in a shaky world. In the same way, this psalm speaks to us. One of the things we find uh, about this psalm in Psalm 56 and Psalm 58 and Psalm 55 is that these psalms, the prayers in these psalms, um, these psalms are not some imaginary, lofty theological ideal. They're, they're real practical to us in our daily life. I, I don't know about you, but uh, there's been a lot of things in our world, in my world, that have shaken. Uh, there are a lot of things that have uh, trembled and quaked. There are a lot of things that have unsettled me and unrooted me Uh, And so I need Psalm 57. Uh, Psalm 57, God speaks to us about how to have a steady heart in a shaky world. Uh, Not only do these psalms speak to us about real life, they give us real application to our daily life. I mean, real application. not Again, not some lofty ideal. This is real life in real time for real people. So as we look at Psalm 57, I want us to uh, to take a moment and think, all right, so here are the circumstances in my life. Here are the things that threaten to shake me. How can I have a steady heart? How, how can I be grounded? How can I be confident? And this psalm speaks to us today. If you were to make a list of the different things that you need in your life in order to experience security... What would they be? It may deal with finances. It may deal with relationships. It may deal with uh, circumstances. Uh, But what God does is He takes this passage and the circumstance of David's life and He applies it to your life and mine today. And He says, All right, this is really what needs to happen. This is what really needs to happen because our pain, our struggle is real, the troubles of life are painfully real. Um, honestly, I don't know what problems you're facing. I really don't. I I, I don't know the details. I, I do know that so many uh, so many people in our family of faith are struggling, brothers and sisters in our family, in this First Norfolk family, are hurting. They're hurting because of lost jobs. They're hurting because of cancer. They're hurting because their marriages are falling to pieces, or their children are wandering away from home, or Their parents are dying. There are a whole world of hurts going on among the thousands of people who are part of this family of faith. I don't know what your struggles are, but whatever they are, please hear um, David's heart and God's heart for you. The troubles of life are painfully real. And and we don't skirt around them. We don't ignore them. We acknowledge them. David does. Look at verses 3 through 6. He talks about God and he says, God shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches, now here it is, he reproaches the one who would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and truth. Why? Because my soul is among the lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are, Are like spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, let your glory be above all the earth. They have dug, uh, they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They dug a pit for me. Into the midst of it they themselves have fallen. Selah. The The psalmist compares his enemies to lions, whose weapons are teeth and tongue. And do you ever feel like that in your struggles, the troubles of your life are painfully real? Do you ever feel like you're in a pack of wild lions wanting to devour your life? Do you ever feel like that uh, you're uh, powerless and helpless, uh, lying down among uh, people who are set on fire with rage or anger or uh, uh, whatever it may be to attack you and to devour you? You ever feel like people are talking to you with uh, uh, and, and attacking you with words that, that eat up your soul and you can't do anything about it? This sense of helplessness and powerlessness, this sense of being oppressed and attacked, uh, that's where David felt, and, and, and that's what God addresses for you and me today. Yeah, we are. Facing troubles, and those troubles are painfully real. As we navigate life's journey together as followers of Jesus, we face the troubles of life. So, what do we do about that? How do we navigate these troubles so that we have a steady heart? How can we have a steady heart when our world is shaking? As followers of Jesus, The struggle is real, but so is God. God is uh, so real. And maybe that's what needs to happen for you and me today. Maybe, if nothing else, out of Psalm 57, maybe we just need to stop and consider how real God is. He's not a distant deity. He's not out there somewhere unconcerned about you and me, but He is real. His power is real. His, his provision is real. His steadfast love is real. His faithfulness is real. So what do we do when, when our troubles are painfully real? How do we have a steady heart? Well, we rest in the shadow of God's wings. We rest in the shadow of God's wings. Isn't that a beautiful picture? As we rest in the shadow of God's w- re- wings, we're, we're declaring that our our trust is in God, and we're going to find our rest in His embrace, in His protection. Now, Look at verses 1 through 3. Be merciful to me, O God. Does that sound familiar? Be merciful to me, O God, is the exact plea that David made in Psalm 56. Be merciful to me, O God. But here he doubles it up. He says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, in the shadow of your wings. I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by, until the storm has passed. I'll cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and he shall rescue me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his steadfast love and his faithfulness. When we rest in the shadow of God's wings, what are we doing? Well, we're stepping into God's grace once again. In confident trust in God, we cling to the grace that he has provided to us in the person of Jesus Christ. We once who were far from God have been brought near, near to the God of heaven, El-Yan Elohim. We are near to the one who is most high. We are near to him and he to us. Oh, We're not going this journey alone. Not only has he given us this family of faith, he's given us himself. Oh, Most importantly, he's given us himself. His grace where he stoops in kindness toward us supremely in the person of Jesus Christ who died for your sin upon a cross, who was raised from the dead to give you new life. This Jesus has brought us into the kingdom of God's love. We are swirling and surrounded by God's grace. As faithful followers of Jesus, we put our faith in God and his loving grace for us. God shows grace in saving us from our sin, and he shows us grace doubled up. He shows us grace in the daily journey we take from here to heaven. God is for us, remember? He is with us. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. Grace upon grace. And that's exactly what God does. But we must step into his grace once again. If we're going to rest under the shadow of God's wings, under His protective care, then we must step into that grace, turn our attention once again to how God has uh, left heaven's throne to be born in a manger in a stable, to live His life in the skin and the sandals of humanity, to go to a cross as payment for our sin's debt, to bring us into the family of God. This is God's grace, and this is the realm in which we live. Step into God's grace once again. We rest in the shadow of God's wings when we take refuge in His protection. Now, something interesting that you won't um, that you won't get just from the English language says, uh, "I will cry out to God, my most, or uh, in the shadow of Your wings, I will make my refuge." That's verse one. In the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until the storm passes. Now, the Hebrew language, there are different tenses of verbs, just like the English language. Here, in the second part of verse 1, where it says, I will make my refuge, that's one verb in the Hebrew language, and it's uh, an instantaneous, perfect tense verb. Now, what that means, it means that the minute we declare our dependence upon God's protection. In that very minute, in that very moment, we find our rest in his protection. There's something powerful about declaring our dependence upon God. Upon declaring to God, God, I take refuge. I will make my refuge under the shadow of your wings. I will make my refuge under your care. I will depend upon you. The minute we express it is the moment we experience it. Just as we see a, bo- a bird guarding her little children under her wing, chasing away the heat of the sun uh, in the shadow of her wing, or the pelting of the uh, of the snow under the shadow of her wing, or taking her wings and using them to chase away uh, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the enemies, the uh, the uh, the predators. Uh, to her children. In the same way, God shelters us from the storm, and God shelters us from the attack and the onslaught of predators that would steal our life. If we're going to rest in the shadow of God's wings, we need to step into God's grace once again. We need to take refuge under His protection. We need to see the fulfillment of His work for us. Uh, Again, I, I, I think it's so powerful what this psalmist says. In verse 2, he says, I'll cry out to, the most, uh, to God most high. That's Elohim Elyon, uh, God the most high. There's none higher than God, none more powerful. He is the biggest of the big. And even though our enemies may say, seem daunting, and even though our troubles may seem uh, uh, overwhelming, God is bigger, greater, and stronger than any enemy or circumstance we face. I'll cry out uh, to God Most High, to God, and here's what He does: He performs all things for me. The Hebrew term for performs all things is is literally uh, uh, garam, and it it literally means He completes me. You remember the the movie? Maybe you haven't seen it, and that's okay. But uh, uh, Jerry Maguire was a movie about a sports agent and. And uh, Jerry Maguire as a sports agent. Thought that everything depended upon him and his agent uh, as an agent and, uh, to athletes uh, about getting the best deal for his athletes. And, and and yet at the end of the movie, he discovers that even though he got the greatest deal for his athlete who said "Show me the money," uh, in the end he realized what he was missing was his relationship with his the main uh, the main female character Renee Zellweger. And and so he raced. Home and and he said uh, he 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 said listen uh, to Renee Zellweger you complete me do you remember that scene well it, make no mistake there is no woman who can complete a man and there is no man who can complete a woman but there is a God who can complete us and that's what God promises to do He promises to make us whole uh, and and that is what He accomplishes. In us. The psalmist said, he said, I cry out to the God the Most High, to the God who completes me, who performs all things for me. The plea that we make is to God who will avenge us in every way. He makes us whole, and in His gracious work of making us whole through the uh, rescuing love of, uh, of Jesus Christ and through the sanctifying work, uh, the perfecting work of His Holy Spirit, he also sustains us until that work is fulfilled. Uh, Paul said a little bit differently in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul said, I-, I am confident that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize that God is is working in you to fulfill that wholeness that He has begun in you. That, that He is working in you and there is no enemy, there is no foe, there is no circumstance that He will allow to thwart that fulfilling work He's doing in you. He, he sends even His steadfast love and His faithfulness to our aid. The promise in verse 3 when it says God shall send forth His mercy and His truth, the promise is that God will not let us down. Yes, the troubles that we face are painfully real. But if we're going to find strength and security, a steady heart in the face of shaky times, then we rest under the shadow of God's wings. We, uh, we return again to God's grace. We Uh, We step again into God's grace. We uh, take refuge in God's protection, and we remember that God is not uh, finished. He's not going to allow any circumstance or any person to thwart His uh, fulfilling work in us. The third thing we see in this passage is if we're going to find a steady heart in shaky times, then the goal of our life must be God's glory. There are two verses in this psalm that really uh, set the structure of the psalm, but also they set the structure for our life's goal in the midst of shaky times. Verse 5 and verse 11. Look at verse 5. It says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Look at verse 11. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth all the earth. Now what is the psalmist doing here? Well, he's saying above all things I want God's glory to shine. I want God's glory to shine. I want God to show up in my life. I want God to show up in our church. I want God to show up in our world. I want God's glory to shine. God's glory is a picture of his omnipotence and his sovereignty and his Power. We want God to reveal Himself in power every time we gather together as the people of God. I want God to show up in, uh, in, in sovereignty and in power in my life. As we ask for God to demonstrate in real and even in public ways His power, we also declare that we are submitted to His rule. When we cry out for God's glory to be exalted above the earth, And above the heavens, we're also asking God's glory to be exalted above our lives. Here's where we miss it sometimes. The reason we don't see God's glory exalted above the heavens and of the earth is because we're not willing to submit ourselves to God's rule in our everyday life. We're, we're We're not willing to submit ourselves to God's rule his authority, his power, his sovereignty. We don't see God uh, showing up in a theophany of power because we're being disobedient to him. Again, remember 1 John chapter 1 verse 5 through chapter 2 verse 2. The reason repentance is so important is because it resets us uh, to submit to God's glory. It resets our everyday life so that we are living submitted to God's rule, so that we might see His glory, and so that we might give glory to God with our lives. And that's what the psalmist is talking about in verse 7 through 10. He says, My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. Oh, I have a steady heart. Oh, I have a steady heart. He says, I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake the dawn. Awake, lute and harp. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your steadfast love reaches unto the heavens and your faithfulness unto the clouds. When God's glory is our goal, we'll have a steady heart. Our hearts will begin to sing praise to the one whose glory we seek. Now, we don't want to just receive God's help. But we want to honor him with our whole heart and life. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I'm going to bring you glory. I'm going to sing praise to you. Awake my glory. What does that mean? It means I'm submitting myself to God and his glory. Awake my glory to the glory of God. Awake my honor to the glory of God. I give myself to God wholly and completely. And it's expressed through songs of praise. Awake the lute and the harp. Let us begin to make melody in praise to the king. He says, Awaken, I will awaken the dawn. What does that mean? It means I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to devote my life to bringing glory to the God who has given me life. I'll sing. To you, O God, among the nations, even those who don't know God, I'm going to declare the praise of the one who has given me life under whose wings I find my refuge and my shelter. I'm going to sing praise to God. I'm going to give witness to the world that God is great and greatly to be praised. Is that how you're living your life? We want to see God's glory unveiled in our world, in our church, in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our nation. It begins with you and me submitting ourselves and submitting our life for God's glory. When God's glory is our goal, we'll have a steady heart, sustained, grounded, ready to move forward, no matter the circumstance, no matter how many people are attacking, or uh, no matter how many people are trying to swallow us up. We have a steady heart because our purpose is sure. God's steadfast love and faithfulness show up in our lives, and we praise the God who sends them. So today, let's join the psalmist in praying for God's presence to awaken the dawn. Let's pray and sing for the celebration of God's intervening grace in our lives and in our world. Let's, with steady hearts, rest in God's refuge and live for his glory. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he bless your coming in and your going out, and may he fill your life with confidence and hope and courage today. May he give you a steady heart in a shaky world. God bless you, and good evening.